Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. And I'm going to carry on the Only Human series with you this morning. So notice the question mark. It is a question, are we only human? And uh, it's been an incredible series because we've studied all different types of people from the Bible. And noting that these people from the Bible were a mixed bunch, licorice all sorts, I call them. But most of the thing that profoundly stands out that I was talking to um, people earlier in the week is how imperfect these people were that God used. And I find that so incredible that he didn't use perfect people. He used mostly imperfect, weak, uh, not able, because his glory and his power through a human being um, who is just ordinary, he can turn into extraordinary. And when it's no denying the power of God upon someone's life when they are in a weak place and brought through into strength, that you have to say, well, that had to be God. Because there's no way that this individual could have done or been or become what they were uh, without the power of God, without the love of God, without his plan over their life. And so this is the amazing thing about the series that we've just entered into. And I love the fact that God is not restricted. I tell you, he wasn't restricted yesterday, today, or forever. He will never be restricted. He's not restricted over your life. He's not limited over your life. He is limitless. And so let your expectation be high. Let your faith be high. Let the word of God be strong over your heart because wherever you are right now, you don't need to be because God has a greater plan. And it's a plan that you've probably never expected. I never expected to be standing in front of you this morning. I can tell you that. Uh, From a shy individual to now speaking to you and speaking in other nations is simply a miracle from God. So um, it's when the natural becomes supernatural. And uh, we're going to study a woman today who has, honestly, when I started uh, studying this woman, I was completely and utterly inspired by her. Never really kind of studied her myself, but heard about her and had read a bit about her. And she is not going to disappoint you this morning. Um, She's been praised twice in the New Testament and uh, for her faith. And she's even listed in Hebrews 11 in the great hall of faith, of fame of faith. By faith, so-and-so did this. By faith, so-and-so did this. So she's an incredible woman. She's in the genealogy of Christ. And she was a prostitute. Get what I mean about God uses the most unexpected, the the people you don't expect. You know, and it doesn't matter where you have come from this morning. I want you to say God did not judge this woman and God does not judge you. Because we've all come from the same place. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all not perfect. Isn't that freeing in itself? Glory be to God. And uh, But there, there is the grace, the power and the love over this woman. Uh, when you hear the story, is just incredible. To take a prostitute... And then she becomes, in the genealogy of Christ, it is the amazing woman, Rahab, that I want to introduce to you this morning. So we're going to go straight to Joshua 2. 
And let's read all about her. This is going to be quite a long passage, so if you don't have a Bible with you, you'll see some people with phones out. They're not on Facebook, by faith. Uh, They are are looking at scriptures on the Bible and taking notes, but also it's going to come up behind me, by faith. So, uh, Joshua 2 says this from verse 2. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun sent out two men from the Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. Who's heard of Jericho? So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened, as the gate was being shut when it was dark, that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for they may overtake you. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to Jordan to the fords, and as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us. And that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. And she's talking about the Israelites, the children of Israel. For you came out of Egypt, and when you did, uh, for we heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. For when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that have and all that they have and deliver us our lives from death. So the men answered her, Our lives for yours. If none of you tell this business of ours, it shall be when the Lord has given us this land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Verse 15. Then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall and she said to them, get to the mountain lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned afterwards. You may go your way. So men said to her, we will be blameless of this oath of yours, which we have made us, you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers and all your father's household to your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into, uh, into the street, his blood shall be on his own head and we will be guiltless. And, how, and whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath, which you made us swear. Verse 21, then she said, according to the word, so be it. And she went, 
uh, sent them away and they departed. And she bound the scarlet cord in the window. They departed and went to the mountain and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them all along the way but did not find them. So the two men returned, descend, uh, descended from the mountain and crossed over and they came to Joshua the son of Nun and told him all that had befallen them. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. For indeed, all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. And then you know, probably, if you've been around church, maybe you haven't, but you may well have heard the story of Jericho. And in Joshua 6, it talks about how the children of Israel crossed over the River Jordan, which was a miracle in itself. The waters heaped up. And uh, as they crossed over, God said to them, now the great city wall of Jericho, that they were to march round six days, once for six days. And on the seventh day, they were to march round seven days. And on the seventh time, they were to shout for the city was theirs. And uh, it was my my, uh, children's church story that I used to love. There was a song that went along with it. And they shouted, the walls came down, and they inherited the promised land, the children of of Israel that God had promised them this promised land and so it's an incredible story and Rahab was spared her whole family was spared and uh, they were taken into with to be with the Israelites now I want to ask a question before we go on was why is it that the spies went to a prostitute's house (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't for immoral reasons but I do think that it was a great place for information Many a traveller would have come and gone from that place and so they would have been able to gain quite a lot of information. It was an ideal place for a quick escape because her place was on the city wall and so uh, they could make a quick access but also not many would ask questions to men going into a prostitute's house. And so, you know, it was an easy place to be able to to gain information from. But most of all, God had directed them to Rahab because he knew that Rahab uh, was opening her heart. He knew that Rahab was going to be instrumental in the deliverance um, of uh, this city into their hands and in Israel's victory. And so let's have, without further ado, have a look at this amazing woman. Now, when I look at this story, I see the story of grace. A prostitute who's now brought through uh, just the grace of God over her life, no judgment, but love over her, and brought her right into the genealogy of Christ. I've seen that, and I appreciated that, and I thought, that is incredible. And over our own lives, how powerful that is, that God is able to do everything he's able to forgive us he's able to to wash us clean the grace and the love of God is so powerful over our lives but what I don't think has ever affected me as much as it has as I studied this is the faith of Rahab and that's what she's accounted for in Hebrews and in James is the faith of Rahab but when you really look at it you think wow that's faith like what we need okay so the first thing is that Rahab I'm going to go fast all right Rahab's faith was based on not who she was but who God is I say that again Rahab's faith was based on not who she was but on who God is. And it says in verse 8 of that same passage, Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you this land. So there's a shift that's already going on in her heart. And uh, 
that the terror of you has fallen on us and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard, and then she, she listed the things that she had heard God do. So there was whispers going out. There was terror that had fallen upon the land of, um, in the city of Jericho. And Jericho was becoming faint-hearted. Fear was gripping them because of what they had heard. They heard how Moses had stood over the Red Sea and it had departed. They heard how the king of the Amorites, two kings, had been killed by the Israelites. They heard that and their courage was melting. They were starting to become weak in their own hearts, the whole city. So you imagine the Chinese whispers that had gone on in the city. <laughs> it probably got larger and larger to, you know, to the benefit of God, I suppose. And uh, so here they are, but as all of Jericho is becoming faint-hearted, Rahab is grabbing hold of courage. So they're becoming faint-hearted and her heart is rising in faith. Her heart is coming to life. Now she's an Amorite, just the same as the rest of them. She's a woman. The Amorites used to uh, worship idols, idols of Baal, uh, sacrifice, and uh, a lot of fidelity, fidelity, right, or whatever you call them. Anyway, immoral stuff, okay? (laughs) So that's what they worshipped. But for her, something was shifting because of what she'd heard. Something was shifting because the stories, and there they were, camped outside of Jericho, and she knew they were there, but something was coming alive in her heart. Something was coming alive because she knew that these idols around her were silent. Where was the proof of what these idols were doing in her life? Where was the proof that these idols were protecting her? Where was the proof that these idols were speaking? Where was the proof that they were doing anything? But somehow she saw a God that promises that he will do what he will do. And every time a story came, God said, this is what I'm going to do. And he follows through on the promise. She started to believe in a God that actually would do something. A God that would actually uh, do those things that he promised he would do. And so her faith started to rise by what she heard. She had not witnessed one thing. She had not experienced one thing. She had heard. And I want to say to you today that we walk by faith, not by sight. We want evidence sometimes of what we need God to do in our lives. Sometimes we just want to see it and then we believe it. A bit like Thomas. If I can see the nail scars, if I can see it, then I'll believe it. And so we want to see right before us. But actually what we need to do is remember. We need to remember what God has done. It's com- oh, I was going to lift up my Bible, but it's all in here, right? Because I have a Bible in here. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. When you shake these things, it says something and then it comes up. So I mustn't shake it. But in the whole word of God testimony upon testimony upon story upon story we've just spent a few months speaking about people whose lives were utterly changed and that is what we need to feed ourselves on that's what you need to hear that's what I need to hear and everybody in this room has a story everybody in this room has a testimony and people need to hear what God has done people need to hear your testimony people need to know how you got over that problem how you ate 
overcome, how you found Jesus Christ to be your personal saviour, who you who did not know love now know love, who you who did not know salvation now know salvation, you who did not know um, healing now find that you are healed, you who did not know comfort now you know you are comforted. You who are lonely, now you have a permanent friend. People need to hear the story because as people hear, something starts to shift in their heart. Even though they may be in a completely different place, they could be in a hard place, like Rahab the prostitute was. She was in a hard place, being used, being abused. No idol was answering her, but she could see something going on. She heard and she started to believe. And it says in John 20, 29, it says, Jesus said to them, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And she was blessed because she hadn't seen, but she had heard and she believed. You will be blessed, friend, if you don't walk by sight, but you walk by faith. Because what you have to remember is who he is, not who you are. Because if you look at your frailty, you look at your faults and failings, you look at your fears and insecurities, you will never be able to manage to believe and have faith. But if you look at him and who, how able he is and how incredible and how he does promise to do what he said he would do. He will never fail you. He neither faints nor sleeps. He is for you and not against you. You might think this morning that he is against you by things that you may have done in your life. No, that is not our God. You can see from that because he was not against a prostitute. And so I want to say to you today that when your faith is feeling diminished, you have to remember who he is, not who you are, but you need to remember your testimony. We overcome by the, power of, uh, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. You've got to gossip Jesus Christ. You've got to tell people till they say, look, I've heard that story ten times now. I say that to Kevin. I actually heard a story from Kevin yesterday that I have never heard before. <laughs> I felt like throwing a party. <laughs> I was like, Kevin, I've never heard that story. We've been married for 25 years years we've been with each other for 27 and I suddenly heard a story that I never heard before amazing I wonder how many more you have Kevin (laughs) that scares me that does (laughs) see her faith was based on his faithfulness and where is your faith today is it faith on what is it based on what you think he should do what he shouldn't do, where he is, where he isn't, what you've seen, or is it based on the fact that he is faithful? And that's, it's, there's, there's so much proof that he is alive by people who are walking around full of him and lives affected by him. And when your faith is diminished, you've got to remember what he's done. I sometimes I get a list out and I just write everything he's done and I can't stop because he's just done too much. Not too much, but yeah. So number two, as her trust arose, she was willing to give him her all. Number two, as her trust arose, she was willing to give him her all. Now this is the bit that just, I 
just could not get over it. Verse 12, now therefore, she said, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house. And give me a true token and spare my father, my mothers, my brothers, my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, our lives for yours, if none of you tell this business of ours. And it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. She didn't say, swear to me that you're God. She said, Swear to me by the Lord. He already had become hers, even by what she had heard. Isn't that incredible? We think that we have an excuse, but actually we don't, because we have heard many a great thing. And he had become her salvation. She must have thought, if, if I look after these spies, these men that have come in, because really they were at her mercy, if I show kindness to them... If I look after them, God will show kindness to me and look after me. That's the way that she would have thought. But do you know the incredible thing about Rahab that got me more than anything and really challenged my life was that she surrendered everything she had to his mercy. Everything. And when I mean everything, she handed her life She could have been killed for keeping those spies. She put her life on the line. She put her family's life on the line. She put everything. She she put her future, everything. She surrendered. She was at the mercy of God. She surrendered absolutely everything. Her whole family, everything that she uh, felt dear to her, she surrendered to God. She didn't keep one thing back. Everything that she possibly owned, her future even, she handed over to the mercy of God. And you know, it's incredible how that must have been quite a frightening thing because we read the story now, but what if they hadn't been true to their word? What if she would have fell under the same destruction as Jericho? What if they had never come back for her? What if in hiding a whole... Now, it's one thing for one woman to be hiding in a house, but a whole family and all that that meant to be... That's, that's less inconspicuous, isn't it? And so she's put her whole, everything at the mercy of God. And I was so convicted because I asked my question, have I actually surrendered everything? all over to God. You see, sometimes out of fear, that very thing that we are frightened of, we actually don't surrender. Isn't that amazing? You'd think we would surrender the thing that we're most vulnerable about or the thing that we fear the most. You'd think that would be the thing that we would quite happily surrender over to God and put into his hands. But the amazing thing is that the very vulnerable things and the things that we're frightened of, we want to hold on to ourselves because we don't actually know how it's going to pan out. And so it's amazing how those things we take back off of God and say, I think I might have to control this myself (laughs) because you might ask me to do something different than I want to do 
or you might do something and cause me to walk down a different path that maybe I'm not happy or courage, have the courage to do. And so it's incredible how we actually hold on to those things. And I was thinking about even my own life, the things that I, I don't actually, if I put my hands in the air, trust God with them. And let's get honest together, right? Let's just drop every facade right now. There are things that we don't trust God with because we're human. Or are we? <laughs> and so this is why the incredible thing that this woman who God did not judge, right? She hands everything over by what she's heard, never personally experienced anything, but by what she's heard, she hands everything and surrenders everything over to him, and that gets God's attention. That's where he goes, whoa, 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 this is faith, because she's not even going on a personal experience right now. Do you know what she knew of him? But she didn't know him. And that's the amazing thing. She hadn't even had the chance to get to know this saviour. She just went on what she'd heard. And so I can say to you that what you've heard is enough to go on. Because God is faithful. But she, in handing everything over, she was utterly blessed. She was utterly honoured. She was utterly protected. She was utterly looked after. So much so, so she married an Israelite from the tribe of Judah. Now, this is like the family, the tribe of Judah, Salmon, not Alex Salmon, but Salmon, his, his name was, God forbid. And, and they had a son called Boaz. Boaz had Obed, Obed had Jesse, Jesse had David, and so the genealogy goes on. And there she is listed in the Bible, twice in the New Testament, this woman rocks. Because of her faith. So inspiring to hand everything over to God. And so I want to say to you today that if you can surrender everything over, if those, even those things that you're frightened about, even those things you want to hold close to your heart because you're not sure how, if you give them to God, how they're going to pan out. If you give it, he will bless it. And... The only way to do that that I can foresee is to see not who you are, but who he is. I was thinking, how, well, how do I hand over the things that I'm frightened of or the things that maybe trust-wise I'm really struggling with? Well, the only way I could think of was to focus on the incredible love, power, grace, mercy, enormity of God who is more than able. And that if he's for us and if he love, loves us, he's not going to do anything to me or to my things that I hold dear that, I, that, not, that isn't good for me. Because if he loves me and he's for me, he's not going to suddenly go, ha, 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 right, okay, now we have this. No, that's not the heart of God. The, God is, the heart of God is strong and compassionate and loving and so gracious over your life. And that's what he was to Rahab. And it says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved him and gave himself for me. And that's the thing, a life for a life. Jesus has given us his life. He gave, he gave it all. He didn't withhold one thing and say, I'll keep this back because I'm not sure what they're going to do with it. He trusted us with his life. 
he gave his entire life to us. He died upon a cross, shed his blood and, and, and rose again and, and overcame sickness, sin and death so that we could put a life in him. And as we put our lives in him, he multiplies it, he protects it, he grows it, he gives us eternal life. It's just so beautiful. And the very last thing is, her faith led to action. In James 2.25, it says, Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? She had hid the spies even though she could have lost her life. But faith, as we know in the Bible, faith without works is dead. And works are great, but when you put faith to them, there's a different dimension that happens. Now, we have four chickens. <laughs> and uh, we have Mabel, Madam, who's the smallest, but she makes the most noise. We have Big Mama. Oh, and I can't remember the other one. Anyway, it begins with M. I don't know. But anyway, her name is M something. And these chickens are amazing. We've had them a while now. And uh, they faithfully lay these eggs for us every day. So we get four eggs every day, which is amazing. Um, and uh, they're just amazing how I can't believe how an egg, a uh, chicken just pop out another egg every day. <laughs> and I just, I'm in awe sometimes because the size of these eggs, I mean, they're enormous. And you just think, poor Chuck, you know. <laughs> You really must have gone through something to give me that egg. <laughs> but the amazing thing is, we look at the egg basket next to the cooker and, and, and it fills up and we just think, wow, every day, every day, these uh, chickens are giving this, this is eggs. Now, the, the chickens, bless them, they can sit on these eggs and they're like, I'd love a wee chick. And they're sitting there thinking, this lovely egg I laid is going to turn into a lovely wee chick. And we all know we're going to eat them and it's not possible for that egg to turn into a chick. Um, not unless Mr. Cockrell comes along, does his business and fertilises the eggs. Only then can those dear chickens that faithfully produce eggs every day will have the joy of sitting on an egg and life coming forth out of the egg. Just as much the cockerel is no good without one of our chickens with the eggs. Now, if you see that the, the eggs are works and the cockerel is faith, faith without works is dead. What is a cockerel by himself? Well, maybe something you could eat him, maybe, I guess. But we won't talk about eating faith. So, that's where it goes a little bit wrong, but there we go. But also, the, the chickens give us eggs every day, which is lovely. It works. Works are good. Works are great. But when you add faith to the works, the capacity becomes so much greater. The production, the multiplication becomes so much more. And so that's why we need to do, add faith to our works. But that's also why we need to put works into our faith. Yeah. That's why we actually need to do something. And she did something. She actually 
put the two together. So James 2.22 says, Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by, by works faith was made perfect? And sometimes we think, well, I had faith, but nothing happened. But did you put the works with it? Did you get life? Did you get a multiplication? Did you get a different dynamic happening in your life? And so um, she, she, uh, she looked after the spies. She put her life on the line. She helped them escape. Then she put a scarlet cord outside of the window as a sign, just as the Passover in Egypt where they put blood on the lintels and they passed over and didn't suffer destruction and different, didn't suffer death. Well, she put the scarlet cord outside. She didn't suffer destruction. She didn't suffer death. Just as the blood of Jesus was shed for us and when we accept him to be our person, personal saviour we do not suffer destruction and we what was the other word and death that's the one we don't suffer those things when we come into a covenant with Jesus Christ when we put our faith with works and say yes God I am happy to hand it all over to you I am happy to do the things you've asked me to do I am happy to put works to my faith and make a a, a different dimension to happen in my life I'm happy to give you everything I'm happy to give you the thing I fear the most I'm happy to lose control I'm happy to give it all over to you but the thing is the most incredible thing she got such a revelation about God such a revelation by what she'd even just heard that she such a revelation about mercy she didn't want to leave it for herself she wanted her whole family to experience it and that's the amazing thing when you get a revelation of the mercy the goodness the grace the love of Jesus Christ you want your whole family to know about it you want to shout it from the rooftops as that uh, song says because you know how good it is to be set free you know how good it is to give everything over to God that he will bless your life and give you life abundant and you'll have a life in this life and the next to come and so um, I want to say to you you just got to share it you got to share your story because there's people out there who need to hear because faith will start to arise in their hearts when they start to hear. You have no idea the power of telling. You have no idea of telling your story, your testimony, um, bragging about the love of God, just gossiping Jesus Christ, because it's shifting things. It's shifting things in the realm of the Spirit. It's shifting things on the inside of people more than you would ever know. Because people need a hope. They need a future. They need someone to love them. They need someone to accept them. They don't want to be judged. We don't judge anyone anybody. God does not judge. But I tell you, God has grace. He's incredible and powerful over your life and those people around you. So I want to say to you today that Rahab was the salvation for her household. If you are in the middle of a household and you don't, and not all your whole family has found Jesus Christ yet, you are the salvation for that household. And I want you to keep faith in your heart. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.